You're listening to County Live with me, Martin Johnson, over here. And me, Martin Johnson, over here. Chris, it seems like ages since we talked. It does. It actually does. We, um, since we last talked, um, Stockport County find it hard to find a win, find yeah. it hard to find a draw, find it hard to score a goal. Yeah. And now there's um, red cards in the mix as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is what you could um, put in the dictionary next to poor run of form uh, at the moment. Um, it's... Uh, not a very nice position to be in for defeats on the spin, but um, I think you've got to look at the next game. You've always got to look at the next game. Um, it's a it's a fresh start. It's a Saturday. It's a three o'clock kickoff at home. Um, we, we you can't go in focusing on that energy. Um, yeah, me and you can pick over it tonight. What's happened? What what's not working? Etc. Etc. But when it comes to game time on Saturday, you, they've, that's got to be out of your mind. Interesting. Just an interesting thought that probably home to Torquay is a really good thing because you, you wouldn't fancy another away game no. to you know a pretty big club, and you wouldn't fancy that trip with the kind of mood that you're trying to you know relight a fire under. So it's probably a, a good thing that that it's a home game. It's, it's um, yeah, the longest trip of the of the season probably. A marvellous coincidence yes. um, that you've mentioned that because uh, I, I write a piece for the programme and um, I've just submitted this week's and I put a very similar uh, uh, theme in, into those notes. So, um, yeah, it, it's at home and one thing that's, that's really important is we've been the travelling team recently, more often than not. You know, we went to um, Borumwood and we went to Solihull on a Tuesday night and I think it's about time the other team travelled you know they okay they'll they'll more than likely stay over night but this is a team who talk here I have a degree of sympathy for them because I would imagine 90 95 percent of their away games are big monster trips that they have to sort out so you know they'll have put some miles on the clock getting to get into uh, Stockport getting to Edgeley on Saturday and they sit next to County in the league table. They too only have one win in the last five. Okay, they've got a couple of draws as well, but it's still not uh, tree tearing up form. Um, so why would I not? Why would I not fancy us? You know, we okay, we've hit a bit of a dull spell, but um, and we'll pick over that in a moment, I'm sure. But um, like when Saturday comes, you you forget it, forget everything, um, and just go out and play the game. Well, absolutely, and you know, take away the columns that say win, draw, lose. You know, the column that says the points and games played, pretty much on target. When you know we talked about consolidation at the start of the season, you know, as high up the table as you want to be, but you know, you want to be in amongst it. So, looking at the points taken, that's um, you know, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, uh, another thing, I mean, you, do, you want to buy a program <laughs> at this rate. But, I don't. I don't need to. It's and, Mystic Martin. <laughs> uh, and another thing that I've, I've put in there is, <clears throat> if you had told us at the start of last season, you can have that season, you can have, um, you know, that moment at Edgeley Park with 
John Kieran screaming, feel the atmosphere in this stadium now. And, you know, the, that all the celebrations that came with it and an eaten away. And then you can hit the ground running in the division above and go and get a respectable results at Notts County and, and beat Chesterfield at home and, and everything else that comes with it. But on the condition that you've got to have a bit of a rocky patch 10 or 15 games in. You know, I, I don't think anybody would have complained at that. And uh, I know I'm behind the team. I, I'm I'm supposed to say that. You know, it wouldn't be right if I was to come out and start slating them. But I, I tend to think we do try and keep things as down the middle as we can. Um, and I, I I wouldn't want to change anybody. I think Jim Gannon is um, a guy who completely knows the game inside out. There's been a few contributing factors that he won't blame. He won't. You know, when we go and speak to him in a little bit, he won't. Um, Try and dress it up, but you know he knows the guy. He knows the get the game of football as well as anybody else in this division or the all the divisions above, for my liking. And this team of players have been there. You know, ninety percent of them have been there for each other time and time again. You know, they got us through last season, and I know that ninety nine percent of the fans agree with without even asking them. I know that they will agree with that sentiment. And I say ninety nine percent of fans. I have seen a couple of fans. There was a couple. Um, behind one of the behind the dugout at um, Borehamwood, giving Jim Gannon some grief, and I just I I don't get it. Like really, all this all all that this guy has given to Stockport County as a player, as a manager, all the hours that he's spent that you don't see as fans. You know, when he's at home writing notes and making phone calls and watching videos and doing all this and all this. You know, there'll be fans who will question: Should he have played him in that position? Should he have signed him? Should he have done this? Should he have done that? But to stand there and shout a grief at him—I mean, are you kidding? So um, I'm behind the, the, the fans and the bit uh, behind the team and the management. I'm sure 99.9% of the fans are as well. And get a couple of wins under our belt, and this all goes away. And we look at—we look back, and it's a bad blip. Absolutely, and it's you know that's football. People go along; they pay the money. They they get emotional. They want to see the team win, and you know we give them the credit that they you know they they couldn't help themselves that they're just emotional in that moment. I was listening to a podcast earlier with a guy called Andy Richter who was talking to the actress Jane Lynch, and they were talking about how Twitter has kind of ruined films because people just kind of want everything to be perfect, and they're saying it's not a pizza. You know, you can't have every single element that you want on it. And I love pizza s- so much. <laughs> I don't know why you just said that. <laughs> it's the same with football. Yeah. You know, if you you know, there's so much that you've got to get right, and you can't have every single. You can't. You don't pick the team. You don't pick the pizza. It's not your toppings. You know, yeah. you have to devolve that to somebody. So therefore, you have to give give that person a certain amount of credit. But let's look at the the games in isolation for for a minute before we play your interview with Jim tonight. Borehamwood first. You spent sixty quid in a taxi to get across London there. So that's <laughs> yeah. that's your commitment to the game nailed. Yeah. So first and foremost. Um, I do pick the toppings on pizzas, and I have pineapple on them. So sue me. Who's the um, right at the end of the podcast? I'm going to ask you who's the pineapple in the in the Stockport County squad. Oh, good question. Uh, but yeah, so Borehamwood, which for a start um, is utterly ridiculous that um, media have to pay to, to to broadcast or to film, or if you're a journal who typed just to type just to be in that position, it is absurd and. Let me just put a couple of bullet writers have to pay to. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. they they have to pay and um, 
they they cut so many corners, which is incredible, really, because the playing side of it and the structure within the club is actually very, very good. But they have these weird philosophies that, that you know, they try and say there's too many freeloaders in the game. That's they, they used a quote, I can't remember it word for word, it was along the lines of, there's too many people trying to get a free ride to watch the football. Mate, let me tell you something. When you go into Darlington on a Tuesday night, or Spennymore on a Tuesday, and Blythe Spartans, and all, all you know, all these other, and then you go down south to the, I'm not looking for a free ride. I could sit at home and watch the Sky Sports. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. So um, it's just incredible that, that they would kind of suggest that. But yeah. So sorry. Before you go on, it just it just occurs to me that the other side of that is clubs like Stockport County, and I'm sure Boreham would rely so much on unpaid work. Well. You know, we don't do this podcast for, it doesn't, you know, we don't get any money for this, you know. Most of the Stockport County media team, you know, most of the people behind the scenes, so many people involved with clubs like that, don't get paid. And that's the other side of that coin. It's utterly insane when, when what then happens is the, the owner or the chairman or whatever his role is, comes out to the media and says, oh, we don't get any fans coming to our game. The story, I don't know how true it is, there's a story that they tried charging hospital radio to come in and broadcast on the games when they were at the hospital meeting people in there just a few days before and you think what goes through your mind but yeah so uh, we we paid that fee and then I, I paid because I was working the, the boxing the night before on um, on BT Sport so uh, t- a taxi across London £60 um, nice. so it was one of the more expensive games I don't know about a freeloader I think it was quite, <laughs> quite the opposite exactly. could have got a pie at Old Trafford for that but um, yeah it's um it was a long it was a long day and it felt it didn't feel it didn't feel wasted because as a fan as a, as a fan uh, you know the, like you say we don't get paid for this so the level of commitment that you go, you go in you have to be in for a penny and for a pound um if we want to enjoy those highs as of, of last season you know meeting the players as soon as it had happened and, and and getting all that then you have to kind of be there when the when the going gets tough but you look at what happened on the pitch Boromwood for me, presented a problem that that County have been struggling with um, this season, and that's big physical teams. Um, you, you look at Eastley, <clears throat> who County played at home a few weeks ago. The first half, County didn't really offer too much. Big, they were the land of giants. They were they were big, big physical side. Second half, County played them out of the park. Utterly incredible, it just absolutely beating pillar to post. Since then, we've played. We played teams like Chorley, teams like um, Boroughmwood, teams like Spennymore, who were big—not uh, Spennymore, sorry, Solihull. Solihull T- Teams who are big and physical, and we've just not had an answer for it. What I will say is the positive of against Chorley, it's long ball over the top, long ball over the top, long ball over the top, and all day Courtney Mepp and Walters, um, Andy Teague, Scott Leather, the, those three now famous centre halves at, at Chorley all afternoon they're just heading that straight back thanks very much thanks very much whereas against Borenwood we didn't just go long ball over the top we tried to play it around on the deck we tried to move around but that didn't work either so the positive is at least we are trying a plan B at least we are switching it up it'd be incredibly frustrating if you were to go back in and use the same tactic again but they're getting it down moving it around on the deck and um, it, it didn't work again so the gaffers hinted to, is it possibly time for new signings? You'd say, yeah, maybe. Um, but we knew this was coming. Um, 
we didn't know it, it would look like four defeats on the bounce. Um, but we knew it was coming, and um, you know, let let the gaffer do what the gaffer does. And um, you know, from a squad point of view, even if you if you were winning, the it, the way we discuss it a lot, the way this league works, it's so fluid. You've always you know you've got loanees, you know injuries. You you're never sure. You, you, you he would be looking at players. He's looking at players anyway. If we're ten points clear at the top, he, that squad is still very much fluid. That's just. The you know the reality of football at this level. So what about Solihull Moors? Quite a you know entertaining for the wrong reasons, but quite a lot. Well, to pick over in that game. Well, first half by all accounts, and again, unfortunately, this boxing malarkey is getting <laughs> uh, quite common now. But um, yeah, by all accounts, first half County looked competitive, and that's not the first time this season we've seen a game of two halves. Usually, County kick on in the second half and and go through the gears, but wasn't to be. Obviously, the handball that leads to a red card at half-time changes the dynamic of the game. You lose a man. Systems change, and by all accounts, you know, County did well to keep it at two. But um, it's one of those things, when when your luck's not in, your luck's out, you know? Um, yeah. And it, if, 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 you, if, if things like this are going against you and you're struggling to, to just keep up with the pace, it's something I, I can't tell Jim. I can't... Th- there is no comment that I can put out there and say he needs to do this he needs to do that what he needs to do is he needs to look at that team because he knows that he knows that team inside out so he will look at that team and he will do what he needs to do what he feels is best and you know sometimes it doesn't work so let's hear Chris's interview tonight with uh, Jim Gannon about exactly how what the team need to do first against Torquay and then to kick on again through the rest of the season Jim, Thursday evening back at Edgeley Park after training two games to pick over unfortunately, two defeats just tell us how you're doing um, Yeah, it's, uh, the Boreham Wood game seems a long way away and maybe I've, it does because I've tried hard to forget that one um, And uh, but Tuesday night I thought you know, I was really pleased with the work we did on Monday, the sort of we, the way we realigned ourselves Um and when we got there, the pitch, the evening that was in it, um, the feel about the team was excellent. And I thought we had a fantastic first half, created more chances than we had previously, looked safer than we had previously, but a little bit undone by uh, a, a moment of madness, for sending off a penalty in the second half. It was always going to be difficult, but, um, but we put a lot of things right on Monday and Tuesday from the previous weekend's game. And, and I felt tonight, again, we've put, a few more things right. So we just got to keep working hard to move that, to remember those little things that we do better and move us towards that fine line between winning and losing. I wasn't at the game on Tuesday, so I'm not going to speak too much about it, but the the, the one thing that, that everybody seems to be saying is the first half, County were very strong. They, they looked like they were moving the ball around well. They were competing in the game. In the second half, it was completely different. Would, would you agree that that was a fair assessment? Well, the second half is always going to be difficult when you've got 10 men. And then um, rather than managing the, the half and, and dealing with set plays, uh, we should have, in the, in the second half, we had an opportunity to, to go a little bit deeper on a set play and get pinned in their half. But we let them break on us. And then next minute we defend the throw in which we don't deal with and pull backwards header. And then we head it out of play and then we don't deal with a corner. So... And then that's it. It's really hard work because they're more comfortable. There's no edginess about them. And then they got a second goal quite quickly and then it was fairly comfortable for them. So 
Um, and, you know, sometimes people only remember the last 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And for that period, Solihull Moors looked a good side, but I think we would be if we were 10 up with 11 men. So, but um, looking at what we did in the first half and the shape and the structure and the positivity and uh, the details that we'd put together on Monday, I was really pleased and, and I, I really wanted to take that away from the game. A few few defeats on the spin, it, it can affect players in different ways. Just give us a, a, an insight, if you would. What, what's it like in the camp at the moment? What, what's the mentality and the morale like? I, I think, um, yeah, naturally, uh, it was something that we were always uh, mindful of, uh, that, that a lot of teams, and then it's not just at our level of North to National, it's Championship to Premiership, the effect of suddenly going from a team with tremendous momentum, winning every week, uh, going up and, and all that excitement and then suddenly then the momentum wears off and then this two games, three games, four games, a poor run builds up and all of a sudden then people start losing confidence in themselves, each other, you start changing things, you're trying to look for a solution um, and then things unravel quite quickly. I think if we look back at, um, never had as bad a period as this in the three and a half years I've been here but We've had periods where we've had to take stock and it all comes back to really just working really hard on the training ground and putting the things right that need improving and the things that are effective in, in terms of getting goals and winning matches. And I think that process has to continue. Um, we talked about our identity and what we're about and we, we, we don't have sentence off. We don't have, we don't give away pennies like Sam Minan did at Bournemouth. We don't play poor offside traps like Festus did and uh, we you know we don't give the you know our set plays are good they're into good areas we, we talked about what we are and how we go about our business and and, and, and like I said just getting ourselves realigned because if we focus on performance and doing the job and not really about the mentality and emotion of it then I think we'd be a better team but if I felt the mood was good tonight uh, but but we also are very mindful there's some very strong characters there uh, who won't be affected uh, will continue to do what they do but there's other ones that perhaps uh, there's a, a latent uh, energy drop um, emotional effectiveness has changed uh, so they're the players that I think we need either to protect or to protect the team from because what we can't now at the moment is have one or two weak players or, or shrinking violence in this in this type of game because what we need now is, is the big-hearted characters stepping forward and a real hard-working performance because the one thing that we'll be needing on Saturday is, is a really good start and a real positive mentality so we can't wait, have people in this camp waiting for things to happen for them or for that lucky break. You go and work hard. You do everything right and the luck comes. It's interesting that you talk about those those big hearted players and the, the you know, the conversation among the fans will will certainly look at, at names and think, I think it'll be him that steps forward, he's the captain, he'll step up, etc. But do the, the the players, does it help that because ninety percent of the, the team were here last season, they've been through all the celebrations together, they've had to dig deep last season to get certain results come through and everything else that goes with it. Is that is that a positive factor now that, OK, we're up against it a little bit and we've got to pull together? Does it help that, that they all know each other and they've all been through everything together already? Um, I don't know, to be honest with you. Um, it does help when you've got a good relationship with teammates because whether it be good things or bad things, you kind of you share them in equal measure because you've, you've gone through 
all experiences together, um, and that's not just football experience. That's life experience as well. You know, as 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 our lads have had children, um, and other players have got married. You know, you kind of get involved in their lives, and 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 they care about each other's feelings and emotions. So there's that protective um, environment uh, that develops, um, and I think there's also an element of trust between myself and them, and them them and themselves, in that. They can talk freely and they can, they can demand and they can ask from each other and they're not looking at saying, who are you telling me this, you know. They know that that guy cares about them and wants more from them and we need more from each other. And uh, that was one of the things that we, we stressed on Monday and, and I thought it was a really positive aspect on Tuesday that people telling other people where to be and what to do. So that means that not only switched on to their jobs, but other people's and helping the the ones perhaps with the... I talked a couple of weeks ago about staying in the game and, and keeping concentration at every moment because it only takes one slip and the opposition are in your half, another slip and they're in your box and then another slip and there's a goal in the net. So we have to stay switched on and we have to help each other stay switched on. But uh, I think the, the culture's fine, but you often find when in a game it can be rebuilt and it looks fine and then a moment in the game uh, can change that and that's when the real challenge will come back. And that's where you'll see everybody very positive from the start, where you'll see the true characters and the winners uh, when win or lose. Um, and as the moments of the game change and, and ebb and flow, they'll be still of the same mentality. So, they, they, But these are the guys that played 40-plus games last year. They, they, they were the, the, the foundation on what the champions were built. Others played a part, but there's always in any team drivers and passengers and what we need now is is the drivers to be really strong and if you're a passenger uh, you've got to pull your weight So mentally they're in it together physically what what shape is the squad in how, how are we looking there in particular Ash Palmer who of course went off in a warm up last weekend Yeah um, it's a difficult one he got a bang in training and he felt it was innocuous and um, obviously then would surprise to us all which, which is it's always difficult for for everybody and the mentality of everybody to deal with when you have an injury in a warm up and then he pulls out and then there's a bit of reshuffling, a bit of tweaking of set plays, um, yeah. And uh, again, uh, the impact of that was felt a lot less on Tuesday night because obviously we trained with Festers as uh, an ideal replacement for Ash. Really, um, he took over his role, um, and I thought he was outstanding on Tuesday night and a real, a real. Silver line in this black cloud at the moment is the people like him getting the opportunity to play and, and in such an environment not to be affected and still put in what I feel is a, a real man's performance. Um, yeah, it'd be great to have Ash back. I, I think it's still touch and go with him. Uh, he hasn't trained tonight. Um, he's got 48 hours. I think himself and Luke have got a plan to that he's got a shot of playing. And that might involve a... Um, a warm-up or a pre-test uh, examination and then just um, maybe a you know, course of painkillers and then we'll see how it goes. Um, that then will give me a couple of options in terms of I could use one of the other centre-halves into midfield for Sam or we've got Elite Osborne that can play in there. So, um, um, so we had 17 on Tuesday night. Obviously, the absence of Sam Walker means that we have 16. Uh, we had one player step out of training, um, hopefully as a precaution tonight, uh, after a little bit of a slip and a, a, he felt his knee a little bit uh, trained for a short period and then decided that the discretion was the better part of valor and stepped out of training to protect himself, get on the uh, 
the game ready and uh, make sure he's got 48 hours now to make sure he's perfect for Saturday. So, uh, yeah, the squad's tight. Um, um, been working really hard and there's a possibility of a signing before the weekend. But um, again, these things that I've been working on for weeks and weeks um, seem close and but I don't get excited that they're going to happen tomorrow. I don't get excited they're going to happen before Saturday. They're signings that I think will improve us going forward. Um, but I'm also, um, you know, pleased that our players are getting some real national experience, um, the highs and the lows. Um, the younger players like Festus are getting great opportunity for match minutes. And even Ian and Connor getting starts. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be of the benefit to the group going forward. And, you know, I was delighted on Tuesday on the way home to see the, to hear about the performance and the results of FC United and Cliverow with Alex Curran and Jordan Downing. So they're out there getting valuable experience and building up their game time because they're players that we see as, as being part of our future. So, um, yeah, I think, it, but Mike, the, the, the element of my programme that I talked most about was uh, we're not, we shouldn't rely on outsiders to come in and the cavalry. Uh, what The success that we've had at this club has been the bodies within the club working really hard. And that's the staff and the players. Uh, working on the training ground, going through the process of becoming better. And I think that's what we've done in training. And I think we're going to be relying on those players to once again step up. And uh, I just hope that those that that movement towards the margin of winning and losing is is taking another big step this week. And then when we play tomorrow, uh, sorry Saturday, that you'll see a team that's very capable of winning and uh, a cracking game to look forward to. I'm sure that Edgley will be in perfect condition. You've got the champions of the North versus the champions of the South. Um, I know we're very much into the national season, but still a, a tasty fixture um, to be savoured between two ex-league clubs that have had a great season last season, although it's a, only a small step in, in what's been a really difficult 10 years for them. So uh, it's nice to see both clubs back at this level. Uh, in good positions in the league and uh, it'd be nice just to see whether the North is better than the South. I do want to speak to you about Torquay in just a moment and, and Ayers of course will have pricked up uh, on, on the hint of a new signing but the, I know a bit better to press you on that at this moment but the, the one thing that is interesting to hear is Festus Arthur and I think it's a really good point that you make um, about him being the silver lining. We've already recorded the other part of the, the podcast tonight with, with myself and Martin and Festus is very much a positive that we speak on. It's great to see him becoming a part of this squad. He's not just a player that's making up the numbers. He takes a seat on the bench when there's a few injuries. He's he's actively grasping this and he looks like he's loving it. Yeah, I think he's been... He, I mean, this is a kid who's been let go. I mean, a little bit like Alex Curran, for example, who's been let go and... and 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 as an eighteen year old, you, you you want to try and find your way in the game again, and and that shows a certain amount of resilience and character to go and play football, no matter what level, and just get playing men's football and get out there and earn those stripes if you like, and um, see where it takes you. And um, he, he fortunately for us, he came to Stockport Town and got involved in Al, which meant that there was a link up with ourselves. And I thought I, I seen him in every experience last year, the under nineteens for us, um, Stockport Town, the Cheshire Senior Cup, and I thought. The kid's grown and then he went out on loan to Everstick West. Um, and so he made significant steps last year. I mean, this season, he's come back in pre-season really up for the first team. Um, didn't put a foot wrong in pre-season in all the games that he played. 
Uh, it was nice to give him an opportunity at Oldham, the club that let him go in a 2-0 victory day, final pre-season. Uh, but with, with the form of um, Ash and Jordan and Paul and Sam, it was going to be difficult for him to, to take over from four of the stalwarts, the champions team. Um, but at different times, he's, 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 he's stepped in for them and been a very, very capable uh, replacement. Um, his first five games were uh, all wins, including his full debut and starting debut, if you like, against File, where he, he was fantastic replacement for Paul. Um, and just it's just been a bit harsh for him uh, in the last two games that it seems like he's coming for Ash and uh, we've conceded goals and you know, but he's been far from the weak link. Um, he's, he's certainly a player that we think as a person, as a professional and a footballer, he's got a real chance with ourselves. And, um, you know, if he makes the sort of progress he's made in this last year, next, this coming year, then we'll be absolutely delighted because I think he's got a great future. Seconded. So let's let's move on to, to Torquay then. Um, there, there is this this idea of a fixture of two former league clubs, it brings around certain conversations with county fans, but there is also, as you mentioned, this romance of the champions of the North versus the champions of the South. The league game, the, the, the league season is up and running, two teams sitting next to each other in the league, meaning we've amassed a similar amount of points. What can we expect from Torquay this weekend? What do you know about them? Um, difficult one, because like, you know, I've watched every game, the highlights of every game, and um, I've seen them, look really exciting to look like a team that's come up with great energy. Um, I think, like ourselves, they've had um, they've only had one win in the last five. Um, and, you know, I think everything's settling down a little bit and um, they've had a couple of injuries. They've, they've, they've had to change shape in a couple of games and in some it's worked and some it hasn't worked. So, um, you know, I think Gary's probably experiencing a similar sort of stage in the season that we are. And it's about then now uh, knuckling down and um, and trying to grind out uh, results when you're short of one or two players or short of that energy required. And I think that's going to be really important. Um, I've, but I think um, I've watched the last two games in particular detail, and it was um, I was quite surprised to see them use a three-four-three or a three-four-one-two against Dagenham, perhaps because of Dagenham's strength of that system. Last game they employed more of a. Four four two four two three one with a, a kind of split strikers and a mobile front four. Um, they look like more capable of scoring, but obviously conceded more in that game. Uh, so I think they've got they've got some really good attacking players. I mean, Reed is an outstanding striker, and we were definitely one of the top goal scorers at this level. They've got some exciting players um, behind him. Uh, good football inside um, with lots of good attributes, and which you'd expect of being champions of the south and, and a team that's. Picked up um, 16 points already in the league. So, uh, tough game. Uh, I don't know what their mentality would be like coming here and how much confidence they'll play with. Um, but, you know, whether it's Chesterfield, Aldershot, team at the top of the league or the bottom of the league, um, like I said, Esley Park is, we hope, going to be a tough place for them to get a result. How important, and this might sound like a silly question, but how important is it just just to get back to positive football? When, it, when, it, when, when you're on a run, the county run, is it important that you just don't think about that when you get out there. Just play the game and and go to win it as you would do any other. Yeah, I think I think that. I mean, like I said, my you know what? I, I don't know whether I was born with my mentality or whether it was the experiences I got from working on building sites and being in the army and all those tough experiences where people taught you how to be physically and mentally resilient. Um, 
or whether uh, you know I had a strong mentality. And uh, as a manager and a player, I faced. I remember the really difficult start we had tonight, six night seven season, and you could see a few players wobbling, and um, and but other players stepping up and making sure that they were determined to take the opportunity to get in the team and play well and win matches, and and it didn't take much before we got going again. Um, and as a manager, I've seen some really tough times when uh, I don't know injuries, players not being available, having to kind of like shuffle your pack and come up with some great, some special way of, of overturning results in difficult circumstances. I remember going to MK Dons in particular with a very weak team and we, we tried a strategy and we got a 2-0 win. Um, and and it, it sort of breathes new life into you and the team. And I think, I remember Gary Megson being under huge pressure here and went out and you could feel the tension, palpably out, out. And, um, and we... Gary got us going that game and we still lost but we put in a massive effort and they come up, he, his attitude after the game was brilliant in terms of not being too downhearted and too pessimistic but just recognising the fact that that was a huge step towards going, getting back to winning um, and then before you know it we, I think we won five games in a row uh, because we, we turned the corner I think you know I felt we were turning the corner on Tuesday night so I'm, I'm far more optimistic that we've got the next step in us now. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't do anything about the environment around me. Um, I can't protect the players from what they'll hear or see or feel. Um, it'll be a great experience one way or the other that they'll, they'll remember and hopefully learn from. Um, but our fans have been brilliant here in terms of giving us energy and, um, you know, I was right to give him the 12th man because um, Edgy Park has been, I mean, the Barrow game, the Fylde game, I mean, they've played at Chesterfield, Eastleigh, um, they've, they've, they've played a huge part, I feel, and, um, and I think they've got a massive part because we're short of numbers on the team and the squad, so we really do need the 11 and the 12th man to be at the top of their game uh, come Saturday, and if we do that, I think the corner will be torn, uh, the corner will be turned, and I think that we can start looking forward, um, and start f- not thinking of ourselves as a team of four defeats, but a team that had five wins and six. And I think, but that's the fine margins. And like I said, um, we need one or two players to step up and show the quality, um, announce the craft uh, to get us um, that opportunity that makes a huge difference in terms of the, creating the right mentality and framework for us to go and win the game. Massive game as ever on Saturday, Jim. All the very best. Thanks so much. You didn't catch the Solly Holmes game, but you've you know you've uh, seen a few videos. You've got opinion of the people that matter, um, but you were at Boreham Wood. Who's your player of the week? Um, I mean, no nobody would like to hear us giving a player of the week <laughs> after certain things. But for me, you've got to say um, congratulations to Festus Arthur, who's now beginning to embed himself in and around the first team. You know, he's not a kid anymore who um just happened to get in the on the bench because of a few injuries. He's a guy who's now getting minutes first time uh, first team. He's he's looking to solidify himself. Okay, he's moving around a bit. He'll be sent at half one week, maybe defensive midfield the next, but for him, he'll take that. He'll rip your hand off for that. And um he looks confident. You know, he, he looks like He's naturally set for that stage. And okay, he's been up against um, a, f- a few players who have, have really given him the run around. You know, against Boreham that was you know we had Jordan Keane who was struggling to keep up. He was one of the best defenders in this division. So 
<clears throat> it's not really on him. It, they were, it was just a very, very good front three, and they, they were able to move it around really well. So I'm delighted for Festus, and I think on that basis, you have to give it him. Yeah, and it it's great to see that kind of fearlessness of youth, isn't it? Again, you know, something I heard on a podcast recently, but Michael Owen was talking to you, saying that goal he scored against Argentina, he didn't think, you know, the next World Cup he'd score that, because he he said, I just had no fear. I didn't think... You know, oh, I'm playing Argentina. <laughs> hmm. he, he said, I just went and did it. You know, and he said, I, I, you know, later you get on your career, you lose that fearlessness. You know, and you can see, you see, you know, this. I love this League Cup week because I like to see all the, the top teams blooding their youngsters and you see, you know, what's possibly out there. And, and that's what they do. And, you know, the fearlessness of youth is, is, is great to see. And it's great to, great to see that Festus is, is displaying that and, you know, more power to him. So Torquay on Saturday. Um can you see anything radical happening and who will you be keeping your eye on? It's an interesting one. To, to <laughs> let's give the, the listeners an insight into how this... I think we might change the name of this mini-feature to It's an Interesting One, because that's yeah. what you say every week. Is that what I say? <laughs> when I say... <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's an interesting one. Someone had, someone had a go at me on social media tell, telling me I talk too much. <laughs> that, maybe it's not an interesting one. Yeah, it's a one. podcast. <laughs> if you didn't talk, know, yeah. it'd just be me. That's a radio show and a podcast, for Christ's <laughs> sake. But... Um, yeah, if uh, uh, the, the way that this show is built, we do we regularly do this part before I've spoken to Jim. So if I sit here and say, do I think he'll make radical changes? I could say, no, I think he'll stick to it. And then he'll sit down and go, I'm going to make some big changes this week, or vice versa. So it's difficult. The, the, the one reason I don't think he will make too many changes is I don't think he has the personnel to, to make mm. too many changes. Yeah. Um, I think he'll look to his experienced players um, and he'll say, you need to rise to this now. You know, you got us here as in promotion. So I have faith in you. I trust you. You can do this. But at the same time, now now is why I brought you in. Now is why I brought you to the foray. Now is why I brought you to Stockport County in the first place. Um, so that you look at the spine of the team and you think, Ben Hinchliffe, solid keeper. You know what you're getting. Jordan Keane, solid Solid defender. Uh, probably needs to work on distribution a little bit, but other than that, uh, really, really good player. Midfield, Paul Turnbull. I, I'm not sure how the suspension works with Sam. So, Paul Turnbull, been there, done that, won a, a, a lot, you know, for a player at this level. Uh, and then up front, Frank Mulhern, who will I would have thought will probably get the nod. Then you look at the players around them, like Adam Thomas. You know exactly what you're going to get from him. Um, is he going to start with Osborne or DeMeo or both? I, I don't know, but you, you can kind of get a good grasp of those guys. So I think he'll be looking at that spine and saying, you are the strength of this team. You are the brains of this team. You need to go out there and win this game for me. And I think if, if I was him, I think the other changes might be fairly fleeting. Will it be Dan Cowan? Will it be Sam Minahan? I, I don't know. They're both important players. They both have attributes. That spine is key for me, though. And, you know, when physicality is perhaps, you know, maybe not, we wouldn't go as far to say it's the problem, but it might have been one of the issues in the last four games, then you just have to kind of stick to what you're good at. And, you know, the good news about that is all you have to do is be a bit more confident, keep the ball off them and have, you know, stick it, you know, get it down and just move it around, which we know the players, particularly the spine that you just mentioned there, can do that. So... You know, it's not. It's not. It will, as you say, it'll be a very interesting game. But um... it's a, it's a game of mental strength. When 
when it comes up, when you come up against a physical team, I, th I think it's often more draining mentally than physically, because when when you're when you're fairly evenly matched size for size, it can be quite a physical game because you go into every challenge thinking I can win this. I'm gonna I, you know I'm gonna win that one. Whereas it must sit in your mind if you've lost the first three aerial battles and the ball comes over a fourth time, it must be in your mind how can I change what I'm doing because he, he keeps beating me. You know, so it's more a case of how do we play it around them and you've got to stay switched on all the time. That quick passing has to work every time. Um, you've got to make the absolute most of set pieces. If you're built the same as a team and, and you don't capitalise on a corner, then it's fine. You'll probably get another one. But against the Land of the Giants teams, there's no. if every corner is just going to be headed away, you've got to make sure you're really working that whatever that routine in training. So um, I don't I don't know what you know. I know, I know Torquay have got some larger players. They're not the biggest team we're going to come up against. But they are going to have that element about them, as most teams in this division will. Uh, and County, that's what that's one of the, not worries, but it's a concern for me, is mental strength has to be on tip-top shape. And you're coming off the back of four defeats. So just make sure your head's in the game. But it, it, it will be. I'm sure that's what home comforts brings for you. And talking of games, you know what happens now? Music goes here. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Um, it's time to play your favourite game. Who's the Hatter? Who's the Hatter? Obviously, we know it this week. We know who it is, but I don't think people out there will know. This message came through to me on the message board that we dare not speak the name of. Um, dare not a dent. The the sin city of message boards, um, and it says hi again, which means we probably used this fella before. Uh, hi again, another tester for you might be a bit easy for the older fans, which is why okay. we found it so yeah, easy. Yeah. Um, clue numero uno, mm -hmm. which is number one in English. Yeah, yeah in English, yeah, yeah, in like the English language. The English language, spoken, spoken good England, you see. Mm. Clue number one, this player signed on a free, having been released from Hartlepool. That's two clues. No, it's not. That's one clue. On a free, having been released from Hartlepool, there's two clues mm. in anybody's language. We, we, we'll consult the rule book mm, we will. in a few moments. Hang on. Oh, yeah, go on. You do that while I consult the rule you book. You can't literally write the rule book. You can't write I've, it. I've, I've got it just here. Look. That's, that's the Justin Bieber <laughs> annual. <laughs> I'm flicking through the rule book. Well, while you do that... Uh, All right, it's the famous five survival guide, but you know. While you do that... It's a pretty good rule book. I'm, I'm going to go to clue two. So clue number one, this player signed on a free having been released by Hartlepool. Clue number two, he left for West Bromwich Albion less than two years later for a fee of £250,000. You're going to tell me that's three clues, aren't you? Because he well, left just How many clues are we giving this week? <laughs> 250,000 of them. Uh, and clue number three, before... 33. Before his return to County, he had played for his country and made two appearances in the Prem for Coventry City. So Who? yeah, okay, that's a lot of clues. Who's your hatter? Who's the hatter this week? Getting get involved on Twitter at live probably, SCFC. Probably your best way. Before so yeah, in, you know, did you know you can make a compass out of a fifty centimeter stick? Two large rocks and two small rocks. 
There you go. And you laughed when I got the rule book out. <laughs> yeah, I there's did, so, yeah. There's so much in there. Um, I've got two things left to ask you. Number one, um, who is the pineapple on the Stockport County pizza? Oh. Something that uh, those that love it, love it, but not, not necessarily everybody's first choice. Um, I'm going to say this guy, right? I'm going to say this guy, and I'll tell you a little story about him as well. Uh, I'm going to say Adam Thomas. Okay. And I'll tell you why I'm going to say Adam, Adam Pineapple Thomas. Thomas. Because he's coming for a lot of stick in his time. Well, not a lot of stick. Maybe he's, he's trying to get a new nickname not... going. Call him Chunks. <laughs> you can't call him Chunks. He's the skinniest player we've got. But um, no, he's. So it's he's, ironic. He. Um, so he's, he's had a bit of stick in his time. Not unlike the pineapple on the pizza. It comes in for a bit of stick now and again. But for me, uh, he's massively underrated. Not unlike the pineapple <laughs> on the pizza. But let me tell you, at Boreham Wood, so we're losing at half-time. And, um, you know, the players go in to the tunnel and all the rest of it. And they, and they come out. Uh, and Adam is warming up just in front of us before the second half starts. And me and John have gone back on air. And I get on with Adam. Um, he's, he's a good lad. We speak to each other quite a lot. Uh, training and before and after games and stuff. And um, I tried to mime to Adam to I tried to pass him a message while we were on air and you know uh, better than anybody it's not that easy to speak when you've got a microphone right in front of you it's not that easy to speak without so I had to without being heard on the microphone so I was using my hands to kind of back up what I was saying and I was trying to say to him you've got this that's what I was saying you've got this and I was pointing at him and he looked back at me and went hands up in the air looking all confused like what I'm trying what I'm trying <laughs> And, I, and then he ran off, and I thought, has he just thought I've had a go at him? <laughs> but I definitely didn't have a go at him, and I called him the pineapple on the pizza because it's one of my favourite pizza toppings, and he's one of my favourite county players. So I hope that makes it all right again. And finally, my question is, does Richard Landon know how tall Peppa Pig is? Oh, my word. <laughs> that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, yeah, no, Richard Landon, um, if anybody doesn't know who Richard Landon is, well, you should do for a start because he was... Um, uh, a county player uh, got some quite famous moments under his belt for the club but he's now the kit man of the club and he uh, he provides transport for um he does a myriad of tasks yeah he just he's just he's um and uh, we were driving home the other week and we got into a uh, a very detailed discussion about the height of Peppa Pig. Uh, so if you see Richard, I'm, I'm going to leave it there, but if you see Richard, if you know Richard, if you don't know him, give him a Google and you find out what he looks like and just go and ask him, just politely, hey Richard, uh, what's the height of Peppa Pig? How tall is Peppa Pig? And he will be delighted to answer you, I'm sure. And if anybody out there wants to start a chant of how tall is Peppa Pig? Uh, Get his name in there somewhere. Then, Richard yeah. Landon, how tall is Peppa Pig or something like that. Yeah, well. that. That would that would do. But don't forget, you can hear Mr. Chris Ridgeway and Mr. John Kieran on Imagine One of Four Point Nine FM for live full match commentary of Stockport County against Torquay United this Saturday. Chris, thanks. Muchas gracias.